Welcome back to the beginning of guidance for Muslim women. My name is Um Abdullah from MISC Women, the Muslim Institute for Sacred Knowledge, and I welcome you to our episode today. Inshallah, we will be continuing with the introduction of Imam Ghazali in Bidayatul Hidayah and extracting the key points, inshallah, which should help us to understand better what our intentions are when it comes to seeking knowledge. And the reason why Imam Ghazali goes into this at the beginning is because Man ashraqat bidayatuhu ashraqat nihayatuhu Whoever's beginning is illuminated, then inshallah his ending is also illuminated. And this book is called The Beginning of Guidance. And in this episode, inshallah, we will look at what the word beginning means and the ending, because every beginning has to have an ending. Last time we finished with the discussion on how a person can begin to acquire sacred knowledge with the wrong intention, which is to show off, outdo other people, be in competition and basically sell the good that will come for his akhira, for his afterlife by learning knowledge for the sake of some trivial and worthless acquisition of the dunya. And he also mentions that the person who teaches you in that case is a partner in your wrongdoing against yourself. We'll start with our du'a of Imam Haddad for seeking knowledge. Inshallah, you can find the English translation of that on the MISC Women Instagram page where I have put the translation of this du'a. Inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nawaitu ta'alim wa ta'alim wa tadhakur wa tadhkir wa nafa wal intifa' wal ifad wal istifad wal hatha ala tamasuki bi kitabillahi wa sunnati rasuli wa du'a ila al-huda wa dalalata ala al-khayr ابتغاء وجه الله ومرضاته وقربه وثوابه سبحانه وتعالى بسم الرحمن الرحيم Imam Ghazali says in Bidayatul Hidayah may Allah benefit us by him in the dunya and the akhirah inshallah وإن كانت نيتك وقصدك فيما بينك وبين الله تعالى من تعلم العلم الهدايه دون مجرد الروايه فابشر فان الملائكه تبسط لك اجنحتها اذا مشيت وحيتان البحر تستغفر لك اذا سعيت ولكن ينبغي لك ان تعلم قبل كل شيء ان الهدايه التي هي ثمره العلم لها بدايه ونهايه وظاهر وباطن ولا وصول إلى نهايتها إلا بعد إحكام بدايتها ولا عثور على باطنها إلا بعد الوقوف على ظاهرها وها أنا مشير عليك ببداية الهداية لتجرب فيها نفسك وتمتحن بها قلبك The meaning of that according to our translation published by the White Thread Press But if in seeking knowledge your intention and aim between Allah Most High and yourself is to gain guidance, hidayah, and not simply the transmission of information, 
For Abshir, then glad tidings be to you. The angels will spread their wings for you as you walk, and the fish in the sea will ask forgiveness for you as you strive, which is from a hadith, by the way. You should know before all else that guidance, which is the fruit of knowledge, has a beginning and an end, an outward aspect and an inward essence, and that is probably the most important section here. He says there is no way to reach the end without mastering the beginning, just as there is no way to discover the inner essence of it until you have arrived at an understanding of its outward. Here I am going to point you to the beginning of guidance for you to see where you stand and determine what your heart intends. Our commentator Al-Jawi says about the first statement, So if it is that your intention and your objective is between you and Allah through your seeking of knowledge to attain guidance, then he says the meaning of that attaining of guidance first and foremost is the removal of ignorance from yourself and from other people. He says it's also to revive the deen. And to keep Islam with knowledge, which actually is a very important point because Islam has its own set, its own canon actually of knowledge. And this is something that has been developed continuously and continues to be developed uh, since 1400 years. So the thing is that our need and our obligation to learn knowledge is so that we can retain a proper sound Islamic knowledge and not taint it or not spoil it by the introduction of other forms of knowledge which have their roots and their basis in other ways of thinking which are usually not compatible with or which contradict the fundamentals of our deen. So that's an extremely important point. It might be too, just going off on a bit of a tangent there, that Imam al-Jawi, who passed away at the end of the 19th century, was living in a time, obviously, where colonisation of Muslim lands was at its peak, certainly during his lifetime and before, and he had seen the effect of the destruction of uh, Muslim education, the madrasas and the traditional way of learning through the European colonisers, And in this particular comment, he has put that because he has seen the dire need then for Muslims to learn in order to retain and preserve Islamic knowledge. He also says that one of the reasons of your intention for seeking is, of course, to seek a Dar al-Akhirah, the afterlife, and the contentment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Ghazali says that if that's your intention, then good news to you or glad tidings because indeed the angels will lower their wings when you walk. I read recently one of our scholars saying that the celebrities of the dunya have a red carpet laid out for them and the student of knowledge has the wings of the angels laid out for them. And it's through that gentleness and that softness and that kindness and that elevation that the celestial beings should actually offer to the student of knowledge that one knows that one is indeed engaged 
in a most honourable and noble pursuit, which is the seeking of sacred knowledge for its preservation, for the removal of ignorance, and inshallah for one's heart to be purified and develop themselves spiritually and in preparation for the time when they meet their Lord, inshallah, with a qalbin salim, with a sound heart. He also mentions that if your intention is to seek knowledge without only transmitting it, This is also an important point for our time because there are those who seek sacred knowledge for the transmission of it, which also means to study knowledge for the sake of that knowledge. And this is something that happens a lot in the study of Islam in academia, where the emphasis on learning knowledge is not practicing it and it being a means by which a person improves themselves, but rather it becomes an exercise where people will have debates about certain things and look at what scholars have said merely from the position of transmitting that knowledge back and forth between themselves. So there's quite a difference between that and one seeking knowledge in order to apply it. And really Islam can be reduced to two key concepts and that is ilm, knowledge, and amal, action. And knowledge without action is useless. And action without knowledge is ignorance. And so we ask Allah to spare us of either state and to enable us to join our knowledge and our action so that we can have the most complete understanding and manifestation of our deen, inshallah. Another really interesting point that Imam Jawi makes here is that he says that a sign of your cost, because at the beginning Imam Ghazali says that if your niyyah and your cost, your cost is your objective between you and Allah is to seek knowledge for hidayah, then he says here that a sign of your cost, of the purity of your objective, is that seeking knowledge on your own is more beloved to you than seeking knowledge in a group. And this is generally considered a sign of one's sincerity. For example, if a person cries on their own, so they read Quran and they cry or they stand in the middle of the night and cry or whatever, but they're on their own, that crying is more sincere when they're alone than it is when they're with a group where there's the possibility of it being spoilt by showing off or ostentation or wanting others to see that you're pious because the Quran can move you to tears, for example. So he says that the purity of your, of your objective is related to your seeking knowledge sincerely when you're on your own and that it doesn't make any difference to you whether or not the truth of something is revealed on your tongue or on somebody else's tongue. So the humbleness of the student of knowledge is when they can hear the truth from anybody and that they don't feel the need to be the one who puts their hand up and who puts themselves forward and says, I know, I know, and only I know, but rather they will take it from anybody and benefit from anybody. And this is a true state of humbleness that should come onto the student of knowledge, inshallah. Imam Ghazali continues to, to draw our attention Uh, to the fact that before we learn anything else, then we should know that hidayah is actually the fruit of knowledge and that hidayah or guidance has a beginning and an ending. It has an outward form and it has an inner essence. 
Al-Jawi explains that hidayah is the suluk at-tariqi ilallahi ta'ala. So it's the actual traversing of the path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that path is the straight path, the siratul mustaqim, the very path and the way that we ask Allah to guide us to at least 17 times a day in our obligatory prayers. The bidaya, he goes on, the beginning, is the outward form. And that's expressed in the sharia and also the tariqah. And that the nihaya, that the ending of this seeking of guidance, is what's called al-haqiqah, which is the inner essence. Al-Jawi quotes another scholar called Asawi, who says that the sharia is defined as the ahkam or the rules that have been obligated upon us through the Prophet وسلم, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that they include the wajibat, the things that are obligatory, the mandubat, the things that are recommended, al-muharramat, which is prohibited things, al-makruhat, that which is disliked, and al-ja'izat, or what's also called al-mubahat, and these are the things which are permissible. So the outward form of the bidayat that Imam Ghazali is discussing has this dahir, which is the external aspect. And the way in which that's achieved is the amal bil wajibat wal mandubat, or the actual practicing or application, and that is through the tariqah. So it's not just knowing something, it's about applying it. And then once that application has taken place, inshallah, then a person reaches what's called al-haqiqah. And he says, Al-Haqiqatu Fahmu Haqaiqil Ashia is the understanding of the reality of things. And he mentions here that that would be, for example, understanding and witnessing within one's heart the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his attributes, as well as the essences of the secrets and meanings of the Quran and understanding the essences and the secrets of that which is prohibited and that which is permissible, and having that deep Gnostic and spiritual knowledge, what is around us, and how as Muslims, as people of faith, that we interact with these things and travel our way through this dunya in the best and most pleasing way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that our outcome, inshallah, is one of bliss. Imam Ghazali tells us that there is no wusul, there's no reaching the nihaya of the bidaya. So you cannot reach the end of this way without firmly establishing oneself and correctly manifesting the bidaya. So it's not possible for the average person to reach moments of spiritual gnosis and deep understanding, which is what the hidaya is, the actual guidance without having established for themselves properly the outward forms and the practice of those outward forms at the beginning. It is possible, of course, for people to reach that, but it's rare and it's a gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only gives to certain select people. And it's never appropriate for anyone to think that they might be of those people. Rather, a person should always see themselves as weak and needy and never complete 
and always striving to improve themselves, to improve their intention, first of all, and to improve their practice and to adorn oneself after having rid oneself of that which is not praiseworthy, but to adorn oneself with that which is praiseworthy. And that would be following the character of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who was the most perfect reflection of the divine attributes. Imam Ghazali says that I'm going to point you towards this. So I'm going to show you what is the beginning of guidance so that you can test yourself and your heart. He says this twice in the introduction and at the very end of the book, he also mentions it again. And he says that, Test yourself to make sure that now you've reached the end of this book, of this guidebook to guidance, that inshallah you're in a better state than you were at the beginning and that you are mukhlis, that you are sincere and that you are sadiq, that you are truthful in your seeking guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is where Imam al-Ghazali really comes to us and wants to draw our attention all the way through at the beginning and the end to the importance of having a proper intention. He then goes on to say, فَإِنْ صَادَفْتَ قَلْبَكَ إِلَيْهَا مَائِلًا وَنَفْسَكَ بِهَا مُطَاوِعَةً وَلَهَا قَابِلًا فَدُونَكَ تَطَلْيُ إِلَى نِهَايَاتٍ If you find your heart inclining towards it and you find yourself compliant and receptive, then look to the ends of it and immerse yourself in the oceans of this knowledge. Al-Jawi explains that this is being drawn to the knowledge and being pleased with being able to take it. And then he says, what is this sea of knowledge? He says, it's the knowledge of the secrets of al-ilm al-ladunni, which is knowledge which comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when a person takes one step, then Allah comes to him running. In what sense? In the sense that when a person sets a good intention and strives, then the oceans that they will find themselves immersed in due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being pleased with that person and giving them foot to heart or giving them great openings will be what they find themselves actually drawing from. So it is upon us to take that step sincerely and with truthfulness and with a heart that is genuinely inclined and drawn and pleased to be on the path of knowledge and inshallah that will be the heart that benefits the most. Imam Ghazali goes on and he says... وَإِنْ صَادَفْتَ قَلْبَكَ عِنْدَ مُوَاجِهَتِكَ إِيَّاهَا بِهَذَا مُسَوِّفًا وَبِالْعَمَلِ بِمُقْتَضَاهَا مُمَاطِلًا فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّ نَفْسَكَ الْمَائِلَةَ إِلَى طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ هِيَ النَّفْسُ الْأَمَارَةُ بِالسُّوءِ وَقَدْ إِنْتَهَضَتْ مُطِيعَةً لِلشَّيَاطِينَ الْلَعِينَ وَلِيُدْلِيَكَ بِحَبْلِ غُرُورِهِ وَيَسْتَدْرِجَكَ بِمَكِيدَتِهِ إِلَى غَمْرَةِ الْهَلَاكِ وَقَسْتُهُ أَنْ يُرَوِّجَ عَلَيْكَ الشَّرَّ فِي مَعْرِضِ الْخَيْرِ حَتَّى يُلْحِحَكَ بِالْأَخْسَرِينَ أَعْمَالًا أَلَّذِينَ طَلَّ سَعْيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يَحْسِنُونَ السُّنْعَى Imam Ghazali says, If on the other hand you find that in taking stock of it your heart puts off starting it, 
the seeking of knowledge or asks for more time in responding to its demands, then know that the part of your lower self wanting knowledge is the self that commands to evil, which has risen up out of obedience to the accursed Satan. Satan's strategy is to throw you the rope of deceit, then pull you in by it to the abyss of destruction. His intention is to present evil in the form of good until he succeeds in making you of those who lose the most in respect of their deeds, whose efforts have been wasted in this life while they reckon that they do good work, and which is the eye at the end of Surah Al-Kahf. Inshallah, we will continue with that point in our next episode. I look forward to joining you then. May Allah make us of those who truly seek him and seek knowledge of him sincerely and truthfully, and may he keep us firmly on the Siratul Mustaqim, on the straight path, and may our hearts always be pleased with learning and never satiated by what we learn, but always seeking more and more for the benefit of ourselves and those around us, inshallah. May Allah accept your siyam, your fasting, your qiyam, your prayers in the night, and your tilawatul Qur'an, your reading of the Qur'an, inshallah, this Ramadan, Ramadan Mubarak, may we get as much benefit from it as possible through the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may it be a month of contemplation and rectification inshallah wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh